increasing regulation, market saturation, and rising interest rates. Still think short-term rentals make sense? You're not alone. Join industry experts Bill Faith and Kenny Bedwell as they discuss how you can invest while still staying ahead of the curve, identifying trends before they happen, or blowing them away outright with their insights. This is STRonomics. Are you looking to invest in short-term rentals in North Carolina or South Carolina? There's a lot of great markets there, but even more important, the markets are that you find the right agent. And that's where my man, Tyler Kuhn, comes into place. I personally used him for three purchases totaling over $3.5 million, and I would not look to anybody else. Just jump down into the show notes right here below the podcast, click on the link, and book a free discovery call with Tyler to explore the opportunities in both North Carolina and South Carolina today. Hey everybody, welcome to SDRonomics. I'm Bill Faith. This is Kenny Bedwell. Today we're going to be talking about the top three metrics that you should be tracking on a monthly basis to stay ahead of your competition. So Kenny, what if you have like 11 properties in one market? Are you tracking these metrics against yourself? <laughs> I, I just typed the title in and I'm thinking about that. I've got 11 properties now in Gulf Shores and I'm a competitor because I own and everybody else individually owns, you know, co-hosting. So I mean, some of it's kind of natural, like, you know, probably the biggest one, you know, metric is what is the difference, the percentage difference in your pricing from yourself and your nearest competitors? So what I mean by that is, you know, I, I uh, recently found that, uh, so I use Price Labs and I found that I was priced 20% higher than my competitors in the month of February. And I realized that, hey, uh, you know, I, I didn't have any bookings or, you know, I was looking at booking lead time, which is also another metric I track. And that's probably the second one that I'll reference in a second. But uh, we've talked about that one before, so we don't spend too much time on booking lead time, but we'll talk about it and why it's important for this particular topic. However, I realized that, man, my booking lead time. So how far out guests were booking? It's 21 days for this particular property on average for the bed count. And this is going to be a three minute podcast, right? You're, you're a minute and a half and we're through one and two. I, I'm already like kind of talking about two, but we're, we're still, we're still talking about the, the percentage difference in pricing. Cause this is probably the biggest one that really people need to understand because the first thing to do is I, I'm not getting bookings. What's going on. You know, we might go to rank breeze. We might go check out other things, but in actuality, we really need to identify what is the difference between our property and pricing and what the competitors are pricing at. And so we, you got to be careful when you say, when I say competitors, what do I mean by that? I mean, comparable properties that are in the location have similar quality. So, you know, if your property is modern or updated, new construction, so on. And then finally have similar amenities because those are, those are, those are true comparable properties. Obviously the bed count's important. Bath count can be important as well and accommodates the number of guests the property can accommodate. It's also important. Eric Carrico will tell you that's the most important. Bathroom. I, you know, he's not wrong. Like he's, the data does support like increasing bathrooms can definitely impact revenue. And it's usually around $10,000 on average across markets. So, and guys, I just so you know, I am putting together for our listeners, for anybody who cares, you know, I, I haven't figured out a way to, to publish this probably yet, but by the time you hear this podcast, I'll have something out where you can actually get a data set from me about how to see the impact of amenities in your market and how they impact revenue. So is that like a PDF or something like a, or is it, you don't know yet? 
to be determined. Well, okay. I would like to get the data sets in people's hands so they can play around with the data and clean it up themselves and do stuff with it. But it gets very spreadsheet oriented. So right. I'm thinking about doing, you know, simplified version PDF, like here's just a report. And then that's also, a big like, deal. Yes. Big deal. I know you and I have been talking about it. And uh, so if it's not in the show notes, just FYI, for those of you that are, are listening or watching, you see my IG, Kenny's IG, just hit us up and one of us will make sure that you can get that, get access to that document, spreadsheet, website, whatever it's, whatever format it's going to come. <laughs> whatever up. Kenny gets together for people. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, I mean, because I, I don't know, I'm, I'm, uh, a lot of people are asking, I mean, this is probably the number one thing that I get is not necessarily purchasing or identifying markets, but amenities. What can I add that makes me stand out? And maybe that's, this is a separate. That's not number guess, one. But... Number one is when are Bill and Kenny going to broadcast live in Logan, Ohio? That's number There one. we that's go. Loganomics. There's, pro there's probably going to be people at the conference in a couple of weeks are going to have Logan, Ohio signs. We love Logan, Ohio out in the crowd. Yeah, I know, right? You know, like Logan haters. <laughs> exactly. We should get t-shirts that say Logan haters on it. Hashtag well, Logan we haters. Should. I'm going to have Chris yeah. make that. We'll wear it on stage together. <laughs> it's not a logo for him to make. Anyway, that's great. So going back, uh, so really identifying the com true comparable properties, like uh, comparable competitors, you know, doing the enemy method after the fact that you've already purchased, you know, Avery Carl's enemy method, but doing it after you purchase your property and, and seeing what's out there, because you might be surprised. There's, there's a ton of new properties. I was shocked when I was looking in February at my competitors, I was shocked to see how many true competitors I had and how many people had upped their game to compete with me. And so I looked at their pricing and I was 20% higher than them. Now I mentioned on a, on a previous podcast that I have this particular property. I had over, I have almost 300 reviews. And so it's almost my set it and forget it because I have so many reviews and I have a really decently high rating for this, for my market. And so I never really have to worry about ranking. However, I just wasn't getting the bookings and I was highly ranked. I was in the top three, you know, out of like 300 properties. So I'm like, okay, so what is the problem? And I look at it and it's my pricing. I'm 20% higher than my nearest competitor who has got similar quality, similar location, similar amenities, you know, A to Z everything. So at that point, guests don't care about my reviews. You know, they're looking their butt, you know, that the budget here. And they're saying, wow, that this house is considerably higher, even though it's pretty similar to everything else we're seeing. And so I'm not going to book there. So 20 I 20% significant. Yes. <laughs> yes, it was. So I had to make a change. So I priced, I like to be about five, 5% 5 higher than everybody else, because one that gives me a better quality of guests, psychologically, people who are booking, who pay towards, you know, the more expensive places, they assume that places that are more expensive are better quality even though it could be the exact same. And, you know, Say that one more time. <laughs> if I can, if I can remember it now. Just so, the last part. The yeah, so people- Places that are more expensive are of better quality. Correct. That's the that, assumption. That, that is a perception. Yes. And that, there's a that, perception with round numbers, right? And that that's a whole pricing strategy that people don't talk about in this industry, right? So one a big takeaway I just heard from Kenny, 5% delta. You get to 10, you get to 15, you get to 20, your price too high. I also, and that's one thing I don't like about the dynamic pricing tools is they're never rounded numbers. So for like my very exclusive properties, I'll go in and a lot of times manual price yes. to take, you know, $1,379 and just move it to, eight, to 1400 
because yeah. that's luxury. I mean, that's what Gucci, Louis Vuitton, Four Seasons, you know, Mandarin, that's what they do. And if you're attracting that buyer, that's a, a just a small little bit of a pricing strategy. If you're not trying to go after that buyer, don't do it. That's really interesting. Yeah. So, and I mean, I'm finding that I'm having to manually change my prices to, to fluctuate because a lot of these pricing tools, you know, and if anyone who's listening, who's a pricing, you know, guru in terms of works for one of these places, please reach out. I'd love to have a good conversation. But what I'm finding is I sent this morning. They are. Yeah, there you go. They are using the trailing 12 to determine prices for the future. And you just can't really do that, especially with the the amount of competition in certain markets. Well, what did you say on the last podcast, Kenny, that like 72% increase in volume of STRs over year over year? On the OTAs, that's correct. Yeah. So, you know, now with that being said, you know, is it, is it a true 72% increase? No, I, I don't believe so. I think that just more and more people, more and more property management companies are putting their properties on Airbnb and VRBO. However, I mean, that's still, that's still alarming. I mean, there's still, there's definitely more than, you know, it could be 40% or 50%. Here's what's, what, that number blows my mind, but I think what's even going to be way more interesting is in 2024, I want to see how, how the, that has to drop in 2023. And I want to know how significantly that's going to drop. Yeah. Yeah. That'll be, that'll be interesting. Well, hopefully we're here and I can provide that information. So are you looking to purchase an STR in the Western North Carolina mountains, the high country, maybe even on, on the beach of North Carolina and the OBX or all the way down into Hilton head, South Carolina, my man, Tyler Kuhn from Savvy Realty has you covered. And one of the things that I love about Tyler is he specializes in short-term rentals. He takes a no BS approach, is honest, and is filled with integrity. How do I know this? Because I've used Tyler on three transactions, totaling almost three and a half million dollars, and he has absolutely crushed it for me. Look, if you're not sure where you should invest, he's based out of Asheville, North Carolina. He helped me invest in Banner Elk. North Carolina and Beach Mountain, North Carolina. He's not only just a real estate agent that specializes in short-term rentals, Tyler is also an owner of short-term rentals and owns a management company. So one of the biggest hurdles for us mentally is to get over, how do I find cleaners? How do I find handymen? How do I find a plumber? Well, you know what, Tyler's dialed in and he helps his clients navigate those issues. So if you're looking to invest pretty much anywhere in the Carolinas, Tyler Kuhn from Savvy Realty is your man. And right now he's actually doing a free discovery call. You can click down on the link in the notes and set up your free discovery call with Tyler today. Why is booking lead time so important, Kenny? Okay. Yeah. So we're on to booking lead time. Uh, so booking lead time it, for me is a, I call it a present day metric. So it's one of the only metrics that I don't necessarily care about the historics on. I want to know today because it represents demand today so what are guests how far out are guests booking from today so you know there's an average for example in my market it's only three weeks but that's only during the season when we get into march and well it's already march but we get into april and may your booking lead time starts to drastically increase because people are planning their summer plans to come to niagara falls i'm talking about buffalo here but people you know in, in other particular markets however in markets, say like the Smokies or, or Gulf Shores, the booking lead time is like 
40 to 50 days on average. Are you just, how do you track that? Are you just using the Airbnb booking lead time or do you use another tool to track booking lead time? That's not the behind the scenes SCR insights data. Yeah. So does Airbnb provide a lead time tracker? Mm-hmm. I didn't even know that. And I don't, the insi- and at the very bottom of your app and the insights section, they do. Their insights are just confusing. <laughs> I I don't disagree. Yeah, they're like, I, I saw somebody post about that. They're like, I love like that, you know, I can see this now. And, and I'm like, I don't even get it. And I love data. So <laughs> and I'm like, so you're you. right, Kenny, so. about booking lead time. So my booking lead time portfolio wide right now is 37.4 days, right? But I'm getting so many bookings in the last, like since Christmas and so they're same week. This, if I pulled up my day, it's probably almost shrunk in half. It was probably closer to 70 days going, excuse me, into the winter. The, the cool thing is you can use that and then look at your bed count. So yeah, yeah, I have access to SCR Insights, but guys, I mean, Price Labs, it's $10 a month for their market dashboard. They have booking lead time by bedroom count. You can isolate the bedroom counts. You can use that and and that's perfectly fine. I think they call it like lead window or something like that, but it's essentially booking lead time. Right. So, then why is that important? Well, I mean, obviously it tells you where, how far out, like, should you be booked, you know, 30, 40, 50 days out, you know, right. and if you're booked 60 days out or 70 days out, that means your prices are too low and you need to adjust your pricing. And if you're not booked in that time period, then your prices are, you, you need to adjust your pricing or you need and, to make some changes to your listing. And this is where, once again, not bullshitting yourself. And being perfectly honest, looking at some of your historical data, even though really the last two years is not going to be relevant for 2023, but I'll tell you ultra peak season for like beach properties and high demand locations like Marco Island during the the winter and, you know, Destin and Gulf Shores and stuff like that. You know, you're going to sell out if you don't get, go crazy, or at least I believe I will sell out this summer, but I look at two opposite ends of the spectrums with my super high demand property, I raise prices in the last seven to 10 days if I have something available. And a property that's good, but not super high demand that may not sell out, may only operate in an 85%, 90% occupancy, I might decrease that 3%, 5% to stay in line with that competitor analysis, you know, that Kenny said in number one, to look at that percentage difference. So like my biggest property, I didn't think would be booking right now, Kenny, but I'm like, close to 30% higher than my competitors. So I'm taking advantage of those early bookers and I will keep that pricing high all the way through. And you know, one of the things I think people don't understand on like their yearly revenue projections is if you just got annihilated like we did in Gulf Shores, every property, it's like my biggest property, I did 357 last year, but I was doing like 23 to 29 in January and February. This year I did like seven and nine in January and February. So I've already got like a $40,000 negative Delta year over year starting the year. There's no way that I'm going to hit 357 this year, right? So I think that's the other thing is if you don't know your booking lead time, you don't have a pricing strategy, period. You have to understand how to leverage that and you can't let the dynamic pricing tools just determine it for you. Like Kenny, a lot of people don't even know how to go in and set the the aggression level inside of price labs or beyond or whatever that is, right? And that's really going to determine how that's going to fluctuate. So you have to, you need to have the intimate relationship with your dynamic pricing tool 
And you need to be in that thing at least a couple of times a week doing some manual pricing as well, in my opinion. Yeah, I significantly agree. I mean, so I know that my market, the weekends are the hot commodity. Like I, I've never, ever, any of my properties, especially in the urban areas, have missed a particular weekend with a booking. They always get booked, even last minute. However, so it, knowing that though, I need to pri- heavily price my weekends compared to my weekdays. And so I know which days during the week are, you know, less, you know, less attractive, especially during the winter time. So I'll greatly decrease the prices for those days. And the dynamic pricing tool kind of does that, but it, it it's, guys, it's not a, it's not a human being. It's, it's a model. It's an algorithm that you have to teach. And even if you teach right. it, it might forget it. So keep that in mind. It's not like quote unquote machine learning. It's just an algorithm. And so you have to tell it, look, like for me, I need to price my weekends a little bit higher and or a lot higher in reality, like 25% more than the weekdays is kind of how I do it. And certain weekdays and other weekdays, I'll, I'll price a little bit more than others, you know? So like my Tuesdays and Wednesdays are my least occupied, you know, days. If you were looking at a full, you know, year compared, you know, which, which days of the week are the most occupied Tuesdays and Wednesdays are the least occupied. So I price those the lowest. You know, and then so that means I can still get them filled and, and uh, you know, help my occupancy and, and overall, um, you know, cash flow at the end of the month. So that is that is some great advice. So you're taking in booking lead time. You're taking in occupancy by day where a lot of people just look at overall occupancy rate yeah. or by the month. Right. And and that's the big takeaway I want to, I want everybody to understand is the more granular you can get in this type of analysis, the better equipped you're going to make uh, on your decision-making processes. It's pretty simple. Right. Awesome. Agree. Great stuff, my friend. Number three. So I have a third one and then there's, well, there's actually two I have that. Oh, I'll you just got say three minutes. I got three minutes. Okay. So, <laughs> so the third one I have in surprisingly, not a lot of people do this is their, their PL at the end of the month. I mean, They're what? How much money? Their PL. I don't know what a PL is. Can you explain that to profit me? Profit and loss statement. So your profit, how much money did you net cash flow at the end of the month? And tracking that on a monthly basis and comparing. So it's kind of a, a two-part one here. So do your PL. So track your profit and loss, your cash flow, and then comparing that to your projections that you made when you purchased the property. And by the way, what? yours is due for the mastermind tomorrow. That that's very true. Yeah, <laughs> there's a reason that, like in our mastermind, that we require the the benchmarks, <laughs> right. which are a, a somewhat pared down, of a PNL to be. Uh, it's a requirement to be updated by the tenth of every month. I've got to get mine in. I haven't done mine for last month, and it's because that we have to have. If you don't run a PNL, you don't know if you're profitable. You cannot manage a business out of a checking account. And I'll tell you, for probably the first five to ten years, I did it, and I had no clue what I was doing. And, you know, you should have those benchmarks. I'll tell you, everybody should work for a car dealer at some point, be like a salesperson and understand how car dealerships track what, how, how many units they're selling, what the profit is front and back, all of these things, because it's hard, it's a hardcore business, right? So if you're budgeting $10,000 in revenue this month, and I like, I'll just use me, if I budgeted 23,000, 20, let's say 25,000 for this, uh, January and February, like what I did last year, and I only did seven and nine, then I can see, okay, last year, those two months, I did 50. This year, I did, you know, 16. I'm 
$34,000, behind, $34,000 behind after two months. So then every month I look at it, I'm what, I use what's called tracking. I've got to make up that delta. So I might get a little bit more aggressive in trying to work on my optimization or my ranking. So I earn that opportunity to increase my pricing. But if you're not looking at that, you don't really know where the health of your business is. Yeah. And why that's relevant here to, to like beat your competition or track against your competition is there's a high chance your competition is not tracking that. They don't so know. Yeah, no they chance. don't know. I, it was funny. I posted in my group. So the STR data host, uh, Facebook group, if you haven't joined it, come join it. Um, it's got almost 700 people in it now. And I do like this monthly, like, Hey, are you up? Is your portfolio of short-term rentals that you've had year over year? Is it up 10%, you know, the revenue up 10% for the month, you know, between zero and 10 up or down, you know, zero to 10 or down 10% plus, you know, year over year revenue for, you know, each month. And, you know, I, the first time I posted, I think only 15 people did it. And then the second time I did it, we had more people in the group, but there was only like 30 people. And I'm like, why are people not doing this? Are they just not interested in this? And someone commented, they're like, people just don't know how much money they're making. And I'm like, you're right. They don't, they don't really know how their portfolio more or less of property is doing month over month in their cash flow and how it relates to what their original projections were as well for that property. It's the um, fundamental the single reason that I started build short-term rental wealth because to try to eliminate the financial illiteracy in our industry. And don't, don't take that as a knock on our industry because Kenny's proving it right now. And literally when we get done, I'm going to post that. I'm going to take the exact same thing and post it in my group with 25,000 people. And I'll probably have the same 30 people that will come in. <laughs> you can't run a successful business and scale and grow if you don't know your P&L. Period. It's, oh, yeah. it's, it's that simple. So work on your P&Ls, understand your lead time and that delta, that percentage difference in your pricing uh, from your competitors. Those are the three tips today that you should be tracking from metrics against your competitors. Thanks for joining us on this episode of STRonomics. We'll see you guys next week. Thank you for listening to STRonomics. Stay ahead of the curve and subscribe today. This podcast is a Hospitality.fm production.